Okay, I'm back again. It's your boy Adam. They call me LIB Rick Ross with dress because of the dress. I'm on the phone with um somebody very important to me. You know, we've been knowing each other for a long time. She's a real cool person. We don't talk a lot, but when we do talk, it's always mutual. You know, um, I'm gonna let her introduce herself, and then we're gonna get to it. Okay, well, hi, my name's Nicole. Um, you can I go by Dark Skin Yaya on Instagram. And yes, I have known Adam for a long time. But um, she says she's not shy, but okay, we're gonna, we're gonna try to get some words out of her. Um, <laughs> so first of all, this channel is, is to educate people we talk about stock market stuff we talk about investment 401k um putting your money where it can work for you that way you're not working for the money we talk about family we talk about current situations in in america you know everything that we feel like people should be informed about so with you you know being a woman in this country um when did you when did you get here or were you born here so I wasn't born here. I came here when I was two years old um, to California, well, to New York, to be exact. But um, most people feel like I'm born here because I don't really have any accent at all. Right. I feel I. I was just about to ask you. Um, you you lost your accent. It's gone. So that would be why <laughs> they would think something like that. But it's it's good to give your background story because that way. People are not mischaracterizing you and they don't start, you know, passing false information. So you came here when you was two, you was very young. How was it yeah. growing up? Um, so it was a little mix of both, you know, because my parents didn't grow up here, so they still had that strong Liberian mentality. But then they also kind of like loosened the reins on me because I had an older sister who kind of went through the strong Liberian mentality and then they, you know, they try to be more Americanized with me. Was that a good thing looking back at it? Not where you're at or you feel like that was, that was bad? I feel like that was a good thing because I was a problem child, Adam, you know that. <laughs> um, so, so I don't feel like being so tough Liberian on me was going to work with me. I think it would have pushed me further. Um, so trying to be a little bit more um, Americanized helped me. Um, I think it did. I think it helped me. How much siblings do you have here in the States with you? How, how many people did you come with? Um, so I came with all my family. My brother was born here, but I have an older sister and I have a little brother. Okay. Um, I'm guessing y'all still are in contact with each other and y'all, you know, doing that family thing, right? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, that's the one thing that I love being about, like being Liberian is that, you know, your family always comes first. And so my family is very close knit. It's small, but we're very close knit. And it's funny that you say that because it should be every culture or every human, you know, in general, that if you have a family, y'all should be close. 
and y'all should share that family experience, but it's not really like that with everybody. So uh, it's funny yeah. that you say that. Because I know a lot of people that they can't stand each other. They get in the same house and it's chaos. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And I do have a lot of fam, like friends like that. But, you know, but that's the thing that I guess I admire more about the Liberian side, you know, because I said I, I prefer that they were a little bit more Americanized with me. But the Liberian side is that, you know, you really, you know, you fight, you you get over it, you know, because at the end of the day, your family's going to be your family. So. So you come in here at two years old. That means you went through kindergarten. You went through middle school, high school, yep. all of that, right? All of that. How was that? <laughs> um. So that was as in the beginning. It was hard because uh, if you know my um, my traditional name, um, so it, I would you know be made fun of with about my my actual you know bio name right. so i'll just go ahead and say it so my biological name is yahweh and so people really didn't um know how to say that so they would just kind of go with the, whatever they felt was comfortable so you know in the beginning it was hard and i think that's why i was i kind of was a little bit bad was because i had to fight you know let me, let me help you because, out Robert. you were defending yourself it was self-defense people that's what right. It, so, right. So, like, people would feel like because one, I kind of sound very proper, and then two, I'm African, and then three, my name is what it is that they could just, you know, like bully me. But then, you know, I had to fight, and you know, I had to work some ass. So <laughs> she said it so so smooth, like yeah, I it don't matter, it happens. But let me tell you something. To be honest with you, when I first met you, I swear I. If I didn't see you, like, in person, and if it was only, like, phone calls or whatever, I probably would have thought you was white because of the way you spoke. You know what I'm saying? And there's nothing wrong right. with it. And it's a lot of it's, it's a lot of people who say, oh, well, if you're speaking properly and you're talking like that, that means you're white. No, because speaking a certain way doesn't uh, determine whether you are this race or not. You know what I'm saying? But it just, yeah. it's, just yeah. it, it's just how people talk. But... Um, so you're fighting. It's where I grew up. It's my environment. You right. know, I grew up in the suburbs. Right. So, of course, I'm going to sound suburban. So That's yeah. good. You still do, though. Um, <laughs> so you fighting in school. You being a macho, macho uh, girl that you are in school, beating everybody up. Um, when did it change to the point where you didn't have to fight no more? Um, friends start coming around and you, you started being comfortable in your, your skin. Whenever I moved to an area called Ulysses, um, so it was just a lot of Africans and um, people from New Orleans that lived there. So, um, and the, the, the Africans and the people from New Orleans, we kind of favor each other. Um, I don't know if you've ever been around New Orleans people, but we kind of like vibe. So there wasn't any, um, it was like around Katrina time. So people from, uh, from New Orleans moved a lot of them moved to Texas because of Katrina. So um, there wasn't, and it was just kind of like, okay, well, you're African, okay, so. You know why? You know, and they look. Not to cut you um, off, but you know why? Do I know why that New Orleans people and African people vibe? Yeah. Um, I think that it plays on their, like, they have a lot of mixture in New Orleans. Like, they have African, Creole, French, you know. So exactly. we kind of. 
so it just, you know, it, it blended, you know, right. they liked my food. I liked their food. And then I kind of, I was a tomboy um, for a majority of my life. I was a tomboy. I really didn't care about boys. I didn't really care about anything like that. I just wanted to be outside. So um, I was friends with guys, you know, and then I met my other Liberian girls, you know, that understood me because they were also like Liberian, but they were um, basically born here. You know, they came here at a young age too. So we all vibe. It wasn't no offense to white people, but I didn't, it, it was a neighborhood of, I'm not, I'm not kidding you. It was a neighborhood of African and New Orleans people and, and black people. And that was it. So I didn't really need to put up any, you know, guards, walls, right. right. Or didn't have to fight because it was like, okay, if you had something to say about Africans, you know, you had to, you had to, you know, embrace that there was more of us here. So you couldn't really say nothing about Africans. Like you jazz you know. jump. Right. <laughs> no, nah, so. I, I hear what you're saying. Uh, when Katrina <laughs> happened, a lot of uh, Louisiana people came down here and, you know, there was fights. I was the same way in school. Um, I didn't have a crazy name. You know, my name's Adam, but... Um, my last name is you no, know, it's, it's long and weird, and they made fun of me because of that. But more of the fact that because I was African and I couldn't speak uh, as well as did they, as, as did as they did, so they made fun of me uh, because of that. They called me booty scratchers and all that other shit. So I got in a lot of fights and got suspended because of that. But when the Louisiana people came down here, like you said, we connected because they ate what we ate. They, they didn't have a problem with trying it out. I had a friend exactly. who was always yep. at my house, and his favorite food was pepper soup. And I'm like, dude, you know how hot <laughs> this shit is? But he ate that shit with no problem, snot running down his nose. He's sweating like a motherfucker. But he still ate it, and I respected him for that. Um, yeah. Being around your own That's people or were. being around people who relate to you, you know, it's very important, and it helps you. It helps you grow. Very. Yeah. Very. And 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 to to think about it, like it was a community, not just not just um, for for children, you know, for being around black people. But I mean, everyone had a business, you know. I seen a lot of Liberian stores. People had Liberian stores. People um, played soccer at the soccer field. That's actually how I met y'all when y'all, you know, would come down for soccer right, matches. Right. Um, um, and there was like barber shops that were ran by. Uh, Black people, New Orleans people, by Liberian people. There was, you know, it was a lot of stuff. It was a lot of businesses that were in my community that were ran by us. So um, now, I mean, there's nothing. There's nothing left now. There's only one store in that area that's ran by Liberian. But it was crazy how to think about it that we had so many businesses and opportunities, and it just—it's crazy how it all just went away. Do you do you do you know what happened? <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, the white people came. <laughs> no, for real. It, it, it really is, you know, like, you don't really, you when you're a child, you take those little things for granted, how you can play outside comfortably, and that, you know, you can go to this lady's house. She has a little, you know, a single mom, she has a little business, but, you know, you can buy little snacks from her. You know, little fifty dollars. You don't know, you remember those little 50, uh, 50 cent chips? Yeah, yeah. And you they, would get, they like a dollar yeah, and you... <laughs> Yeah, and then like this person, like there's like four, four or five people in your neighborhood that braid hair, 
and they right. didn't really have to go to work because they braid hair and you right. could just, you know, and, and you didn't really think like, wow, now, you know, you're spending $200, $300 on getting your hair braided at, at a shop that, you know, is renting out a space to these white people. But just to think about it, like there was so many like individual black businesses um, growing up that it, um, I think I took that for granted. I didn't really understood that, but I was a child, so. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's been a long time coming uh, as far as black people wise, because, you know, if you look at our history, it, it we've been mistreated for a long time and now people are just recognizing it. So us being kids at that time, all we wanted to do was play and, and, and um, be outside. So we didn't really see what was going on, but Hey, uh, we grew up and we're trying, we're just trying to do better for us and our family. Right. And, and thank God we got people at the top who's fighting for rights for us. And that way our kids probably hopefully won't have to go through what, you know, we're going through or what our ancestors went through, right? Right. right. Okay. But I still think that our kids are going to, and I feel like our kids are going to finish it. I hope so. I mean, if you, if you look at it, it's, it's, it's the laws, right? And then it's the people who, who are making these laws. So to change that, you have to get these people out the way and put new people in there. Or you have to get them to change their mind. And I feel like if they're they've been there for so many years and they haven't changed their mind yet, the only other choice is to get them out the way. Yeah. But I also feel like our generation is where they will start, no offense, and I'm not saying that I want them to do, but that I feel like our generation is when they're gonna start dying out because most of these people in office are like 76, 80 something. So I feel like our generation is when they're going to start dying out. And then because of um, our generation's mentality, more of our mentality is going to start getting elected. And then that's why I feel like our kids are going to reap the benefits. They're going to get the finishing of it. Because this old mindset of things, if it goes the way it is, is going in life, because there's a lot of people that are waking up um, and so if it goes the way it's going life that our generation is going to benefit, I mean, our kids are going to finish it off because then, you know, we're going to get into office. We're going to be the ones that are going to be 56 and, and 60 in office at this time, you know, yeah. but if, you know, if we don't get corrupt <laughs> on the way. <laughs> money, man, money. It's, 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 that's what it really, sometimes that's what it comes down to. You, you see these couple of black people who support, you know, that guy with the orange hair, I'm not going to talk too much about him. But you see these black people, and to tell you the truth, if you look behind it, they probably got paid to do what they're doing, and that's why they're doing it. So, like you said, if we don't get corrupt along the way, you know, things are going to change. So, let's get back to, to okay, you school fighting, blah, blah, blah. You meet these people in your neighborhood growing up. Y'all, you know, doing what y'all doing. Um I remember you being a tomboy. I vividly remember that you wore tennis shoes <laughs> all the time. Um, these joggers, sometimes jeans, but you was always dressed like you don't give two fucks. Um, right. So when did you start being, you know, interested in, in, in dudes? Was it after you got out of school? You know, was it high school, college? Well, when did you start looking at guys and like, damn, I like that? 
So I went through a brief gay period. Wait, <laughs> you was you was doing okay? <laughs> Roll up. I was. Let dating, me turn this up. Okay. <laughs> so I dated a girl for about eight months. Okay. We ain't gonna say her name. Right. And she was a full-blown stud. Um, and so, but she was a touch-me-not. So, basically, she did everything to me, and I didn't do anything to her. A touch-me-not. Uh, and at that time... Wait, 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 wait. Don't, yes. don't try to blow past that. A touch-me-not. What the hell does that mean? A touch-me-not is a virgin stud who's never been with a guy and who feels like more like a guy, and they don't like to be touched sexually because it reminds them that they're a woman. So how do they get pleasured or are they the only one doing the pleasuring? They're the only ones doing the pleasuring and they get pleasure off of you getting pleasure. That's crazy. I never heard nothing like that. Yes. And you was cool with that? So, yeah, I was cool with it. I was getting head. Why would I not be cool with it? Bet. Okay. <laughs> so... So, um, yeah, so I dated her for, for eight months. Um, really, she was great to me. I'm not going to lie. She was really great to me because I was young, and I just wasn't um, feeling the womanly parts of it anymore. I kind of was like, you know what? Um, it's not for me. Um, so Was it, was it so your was, choice, or do you feel like she came on to you and you just accepted it? Or is it something that you was curious about and you just jumped into it? It was both. It was I was curious. She was attractive to me. And at the time I was going through my white stage where I only liked white like white people physically. And she was a white girl. Okay. So uh, I was attracted to her. She looked she looked like Justin Bieber. Um so <laughs> let me just give you a picture. She looked like Justin Bieber, like exactly like Justin Bieber. She had no boobs. She had no like body. She was just like a girl that looked like a guy. Okay. Um, so yeah, no, I was attracted to her and, um, and like mentally and physically. But then um, I had went uh, in high school. I met a guy. Um, at this time, I'm starting to get a little bit more girly. And this is when my body starts coming in. Um, because like I said, I was, well, I was a tomboy because I was really skinny and tall and didn't have any shape. Do you remember? <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So then I started getting into my body. I started getting boobs and started getting like form and shape and stuff like that as I, you know, got older. And so when I went to high school at that point, I kind of was like shapey. So I was attracted. I was attractive. I would say. Um, and then I met a guy that I lost my virginity to uh, <laughs> in like a, like a partnership. Like I was like, okay, well, I kind of want to not be a virgin anymore. And he was my friend. And so we did it. You paid him? I didn't pay him. It was just like, Hey, I don't want to be a virgin anymore. Um, everybody around me is not a virgin. I just want to have know, that. You know and that's you not the best way to go about that, right? I know. Well, now looking back, yeah. now looking back, now that I'm a mother of a daughter, I would never want that to happen. But at the time frame in my head, I was like, wow, everybody is having sex. 
I'm the only one that's a virgin. So, and I was 16. Right. Let's talk, let's <laughs> so, talk about that a little bit. Do you think? Do you think? That was that was peer pressure. That honestly, that was peer pressure from from your friends. I'm not saying that they were telling you, "Hey, you know, we're doing this or we've done this. You should go do it." But you seen it, you know, played a role in you thinking, "Well, if my friends are doing that, I should too." Yeah, no, you're completely right. It was definitely peer pressure. It wasn't peer pressure from then exactly like they weren't forcing me, but because I was around it, I felt like. I needed to also lose my virginity, which is dumb and stupid. But right. when you're young, you you're just shit. like, right, you just do dumb shit. But like at the same time, right, I was, I was close enough. Like I would still do things, but I just didn't go through the whole act. Okay. So I was just like, let me, um, let me just go, let me just do it. Let me do it. And then I did it, and it wasn't worth it at all. So don't do it, girl. Wait, well, it wasn't worth it on a dude's part? Did he not do what he was supposed to do? What was going on? No, of course not. He didn't. We were young. You didn't know what to Like, guys legit have to understand. The very first time, I've never met a girl ever tell me the very first time they had sex that it was amazing. It's never amazing. It's fast. It's quick. It's painful. It's embarrassing. It's kind of regretful. And then it's like, okay, now I want to keep doing it because now your body feels like it's done it. It wants to keep, continue doing it. But that's all. I, I that's all I, I, I had a different experience, but we ain't going to get into that. This is your story. <laughs> this is your story. We ain't going to get into that. So after your little um, agreement, if that's what you want to call it with the do, did you ever talk mm -hmm. to him again? Yeah, no, we we continue to have sex. Oh, for how yeah, long? We continue to. I don't know, like maybe a year. Is that is that <laughs> who you had a baby by? No, so um, no, so he was just a a high school friend. Okay. So we continue to have sex, and then I met my daughter's father. Where after high school? Yeah, right, right after high school, I met my. Well, no, I was still in high school. I was seventeen. So I met my daughter's father at that point. Um, basically, like the ending of high school, I met my daughter's father. And then um, we, you know, had sex. And then I had I got pregnant, like the very first time we had sex. So what were your parents doing all this experimentation that you was going through with the girls and the agreement with the other guy and you getting pregnant in high school? So my parents were working. Uh, you know, back then it's like they were working two that two, two to ten jobs, shift. Right. Right, that two to ten shift will get your kids in trouble. Uh, um so, yeah, so they were doing Yeah, yeah. So they were doing that two to ten and um my, my parents been together for thirty seven years and Damn. so um Ghost. I didn't I didn't need to tell them nothing, you know. I didn't need well, I definitely didn't tell them about I mean they're Liberian. Like, I definitely didn't tell them about the gay side of it. I, <laughs> no, no, no. Hell no, I didn't tell them about that. They were just like, uh, they would not, they would not be able to. I'm sure my mom would take me to every church there is. She'd probably send you um, back to Africa, to be honest with you. <laughs> she would probably take me, no, she would literally bring the pastor to the house and make them pray over me or something like wow. that. But, um, yeah, no. 
she would definitely do that. But no, so I didn't tell them about that. But when I got pregnant at the time, I was actually living at my aunt's house. So everybody has like this favorite aunt. So I have in my family, I have, we have an aunt who everybody has lived with. Like everyone has gone to live with her. She's like the favorite aunt. She's always working. Her house is open door policy. You can go and live with her, you know, if you're going to. So I was living with my aunt at the time because I couldn't really stand being at my parents' house because me and my mom weren't seeing eye to eye because I was bad. You know, I was running away. I was going, like leaving school. Um, I was skipping classes. I just wasn't like at my full potential. So I was bad. So my mom was like, okay, well, you can't stay in my house if you're doing that. Um, so I went to go live with my aunt. And that's where I met my daughter's father. Okay. Um, when you say your full potential, I know what you mean. You, you At the time, you probably didn't know, but now you know that you felt like you could have done better. But, you know, as African parents, they always have this expectation of their kids. And if you're not, you know, doing it or following that strict guidelines that they have, then it's an issue, right? Um, yeah. But about the, the aunt, I didn't have an aunt that was like that, but I had an uncle that would let me do whatever the hell I wanted to do. And I will always go to his house when I know, you know, I want something or I'm trying to do something that I, I don't want nobody bothering me with. So right. you had your kid, you said you was in high school and you had your kid, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, did you finish school? High school? Um, I did. I didn't. I didn't finish high school. I went and got my GED. Did you go back? to um yeah I, you got your ged did you go to college did you try to go to any um community college or anything like that to further your education i definitely went to a trade school okay what did you learn um so i learned finance finance so, so i went to a financial money, school huh? mm -hmm. i actually work for an investment company so whenever you said that in the beginning i was like oh okay <laughs> but yeah, so I currently I currently work for an investment company. Well, then we probably need to have another segment where we get into that because I love to talk about money. I love to talk about investments, 401k, you know, uh, day trading. I do day trading every day. Um, so we'll probably have another segment where we can talk about that. I didn't know you was interested like this. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, no, things change as soon as I had my daughter. It so. has to because if you ain't raising us, somebody else will, right? Right, right. So, so yeah, I had yeah. put my whole life around. So you went to this trade school, you learned financing. Um, when did you really start working? So I was working while I was in school. In high school? Um, and I had my daughter. Yeah. Uh, my very first job, I was working at Walmart. So I was a cashier. And that's when I kind of figured out that I'd be really good at money. Um, like, so I was working at Walmart. And then, um, I, did, I was moved back in with my parents. They were helping me with my daughter. To be honest with you, my parents were really, really, really good um, when it came to, like, helping me with my child. Like, they're, they, everything changed, you know? I feel like when you have a child, like, the relationship between you and your mom changes. You become more, not friends, because that's still my mom, but she understood me more. I kind of, like, I kind of, like, walked into womanhood. She understood me, so I didn't need to hide anything. To this day, I don't hide anything from my mom anymore. Like me and my mom, we talk about everything because she she 
got pregnant at 17 with my sister. So I got she pregnant ain't had nothing to talk about. Daughter. She ain't had nothing to complain yeah. about. <laughs> like, hey, mom, but, I'm, no, just, I'm just doing no, what you did. No, she did have something to complain about because even though she got pregnant with my sister, she didn't want me to follow her. You know, it, every right, parent right. wants you to be better than them. So, so yeah, so that happened, but I was working, and then I met a guy, my ex that I was with for five years, the white guy, um, that was in the military, and so I moved to Virginia, wait, 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 and he wait, did wait, not wait, want wait, me to work. That, that white guy, is, it, is that the same guy you had the little contract with? Um, when, that, I had, that I had lost that, my virginity with? Yeah. No, the guy that I lost my virginity with was black, and my daughter's father is black. Okay, so the white guy that you, you said you was dating for five years, when did you start dating him? I, I started dating him a year after I had my daughter. So you broke up with your uh, daughter's uh, father? Me and my daughter's father was never in a relationship. We were, like, we met each other. We were vibing. We had sex one time. I got pregnant. And you, you that was it with y'all? Right. I mean, we went back to try to do something, you know, try to, to make something of it, but it just didn't work out. He was too much of a, like, a pretty boy, and I was too young and to be honest with you it was just an immature relationship it just wouldn't have worked so we just didn't we didn't do anything with it okay so right after him you started dating this white guy right a year a year after i had my daughter when my daughter was one year old i'm I sorry i'm not trying to guy. call you no names yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's get this clear it was a year <laughs> yeah a year so i yeah then i met him on facebook and that's when Facebook was new and popping. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> and he would, and it's so random because I met him through my cousin. So he would always comment on my cousin's Facebook. Just about like, why are you always commenting on my cousin's stuff? You know, I was <laughs> just kind of, yeah, I had charged him up kind of. And, um, Still got that fighting you, like, I see. It, yeah. <laughs> So then he had inboxed me and he was like, honestly, I want to be commenting on yours. So then I added him on, um, on Facebook and I, I wrote my cousin just to make sure that they weren't talking. So I asked my cousin, I was like, is this somebody that you're talking to? And she was like, no, no, no. So yeah. So then me and him started talking and he was in a whole different state than Texas. He was in Virginia cause he was in the military. He was a sergeant in the military. And, um, so we started FaceTiming. Um, well, at the time, Skype. FaceTiming wasn't a thing back then. So we Skyped. Wow, when you think about things, you really see your age. Let me find out you're an old lady out here. No, I'm 26, sir. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, but, but, but think about it. There wasn't any FaceTime then. FaceTime just became a thing with, I think, the iPhone. Yeah. The iPhone 5, yeah. So we used to just Skype all the time, and we would Skype, Skype, Skype. And, like, don't tell um, me you were like, one of them girls who would just sit on the phone and just not talking about anything, just smiling and just looking. Like, that's kind of creepy, though, if you think about it. No, I wasn't. I was one of those girls who talked all the time. So me and him talked all the time. We we literally had a great conversation. And um, I think that that's why I suck at dating now <laughs> was because 
I never, I never went through the dating stage for the 2000s. I was in a relationship around the, uh, you know, 2015, 2016. So I don't know how to date now. I don't think you should say you don't know how to date. You're probably just running into the wrong people, people that's not, not for you. Right. Because um if somebody likes you they will be willing to confirm conform for you right if they feel like they like you enough and and you don't know what you're doing then okay here let me teach you this is how we're supposed to do this or we'll just do it your way that way you're comfortable with me you know what i'm saying you shouldn't you shouldn't have to change a certain way that you do something just because somebody else doesn't like it then you're you're basically just forcing yourself. Well, I like that. I mean, I needed that advice. Well, thank you for telling me that. But um, but it's easier said than done, really. When I say I don't know how to date now, it's more so like I was in the era of dating where you talked on the phone. You talk on the phone, you FaceTime, all this stuff. Now in this new era of dating, you text. You text, you Snapchat each other, um, you barely talk on the phone, or you meet up. And it's more so of, I want to meet you so that I can try to fuck you, you know? Or, or I don't know if I can cuss, but, yeah, you know, you try to have sex with you. Say whatever you want to say. Oh, <clears throat> okay. So, I, I, you know, I just want to have sex. It's so fast. Like, everything is so fast nowadays. It's hard to explain because you're a man so it's hard to explain from a woman's standpoint like you start talking well first of all okay here's the thing you will start talking to a guy and then everything will go right and then for like for a week y'all will talk and then after that week it just dies it dies down like they become uninteresting or they you become uninterested in them and they become uninteresting so then it, then it's like y'all just go y'all just fall apart unless or you'll meet a guy who's ready to meet you in like two seconds. Like, when can I see you? 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 And it's like, damn, can you get to know me before you want to see me? You know, but it's just, it's hard. It's well, hard to date. What, what I would say is don't, don't set your expectation too high and then don't, don't set it too low. Try to meet in the middle. And if you, if you meet somebody and all they want to do is, is sleep with you, that should be a red flag. Like, is this what you're doing with everybody else that you're meeting? You know what I'm saying? And then, it is. No, and, it's then, and then another thing that you might want to do is explain to them your lifestyle. Number one, you work, you got a kid, and this is what you're focused on. And if they're not, you know, willing to, to accept that, then you move on. You can always go back to being gay. You don't have to be with a man. <laughs> <laughs> I have to want to be gay, so no, but I'm I'm ninety nine percent straight. Ninety nine. Yeah. So it's just gonna take you know what ninety seven point nine percent. So it's gonna take another Justin Bieber look alike. No, well now I'm completely into black men, so um, it would have to take like another like MA. Okay, so so young, like a young man. How how is it like dating or being with with a white dude for so long? Because there's a stereotype going around that 
white dudes don't, you know, carry the Matumbo and all black dudes carry the Matumbo, which I think is false. Um, I'm not saying me, you know what I'm saying? I'm a little gifted on that part, but um, there's a stereotype going around saying that white dudes don't, you know, do what black dudes can do. How do you carry what black dudes carry? Is that true? Well, I have dated um, a lot of white men. Not a lot. I didn't seem like a hoe. But, like, I have dated enough white men to know that every... And I have dated enough black men to know that every stereotype has some truth in it. Doesn't it depend on a person? Or you just think it's a race thing? No, I completely because I've also dated Hispanic men, and I know for a fact Hispanic men have small dicks. <laughs> like they do. No, no. On everything, I, I have I have Hispanic friends, and they will tell you that Hispanic men have small dicks. But that's just I just never ran into any Hispanic men. I hope I don't offend anyone that I've seen with a with a with a big package. Now, when it comes to white guys. I feel like there's some truth in it. I've not, I've met black men with small packages and I've met white men, but white men normally just have an average. I've never met a white guy who has like a huge, like some, I've seen black men who have huge, huge, who have huge packages. And then I've seen white men that just have average. I've never seen a white man with a big dick. I've just seen it with average. It's uh, been okay. average. I'm just trying to but get it's not been there. like small. It hasn't been like, oh my God, it's so small. No, it's like, it's good. It's just it's average. It's average. Okay. So <laughs> they, they ain't got that <laughs> melanin helping them out on that side. It's cool. Oh, you heard that, yeah. black people? We're still winning. Okay. We're still winning on that side. <laughs> so, uh, okay. Wh- but I do feel like white guys have a better like they are more romantic that's false okay that's well, fake, I, that's, just, fake like I said, news. that's fake news that's why i said i feel i feel that white men are romantic i gotta defend my more people yo, that's i gotta defend my people let me tell you something we liberians men we are the most romantic people on earth okay <laughs> If, if, if y'all didn't know that, I said it. Anybody got a problem with it, you know my social site. You can hit me up. We Liberian men are the most romantic people. Okay, let's get past that. So you feel like your dude was romantic to you. That's good. Yes. So why why did y'all why did y'all break up? What what happened? Um, so why we broke up was just uh I was not fulfilled um mentally anymore um it just became a lot of drug use from his part so that's what also i will say that (laughs) so the drugs that white people do is completely different from the drugs that black men do and the way black men what i have seen that this is just once again my opinion where the way i've seen black guys handle their liquor is completely different than how white men handle their liquor so it just became, um, he just was really bad on drugs. Now, also, he was in the military for a lot of years, and so he had some PTSD. So he was addicted to drugs before I met him. 
but he was putting it off for me. So he tried to sober his life up for me and my child. You know, I came with the child. My brother's in the military, so I understand when you say that because he's having PTSD too and he's having problems dealing with it. Um, So I understand that. And you're right. A lot of drugs that white people use, black people don't use it. Um, exactly. Um, so, but he was a great guy. He really, my, like, my daughter loves him. He loves my daughter. My daughter called him dad. Um, and he really took care of us. But it became too much with the drug use that I couldn't, I couldn't fight anymore. And I don't do any type of drugs. I may drink every now and then, like on the weekend if I'm out doing like social events or something like that. I may drink, but like I don't. I, I, I don't even smoke weed. Like, I barely did anything. So for him to be so, like, I'm talking about all the drugs. He did them. So, so for him to be like that, it just, like, our life was kind of going downhill, and I couldn't, I couldn't live off of promises anymore. I couldn't live off, oh, I'm going to get clean, and, oh, I'm going to do this. And, I mean, we were just going, it was a lot of, uh, he never went to rehab. It was just a lot of programs, a lot of promises, a lot of crying, a lot of I'm going to change and a lot of that. And it just never changed. So that's why I left the relationship. So you left him? Yeah, I did. Okay. And you said you ran back into him years later. Yeah, no, me and him, we still talk. You know, we have a child together. So we still talk. My daughter is not his biological child, but he still does things for her. She still calls him dad. He still considers her his child. What, what happened to her father? Her father's in her life. My daughter's father is still there. Okay. She goes to her dad all the time. Because I'm not going to lie. I've seen most of him than, um, than her, her dad. <laughs> and a lot of people that know you or know me, you know, they will ask me, is that her dad or uh, stuff like that? And I'll be like, I don't know. It looks like it. He's always there in the <laughs> house. You like you post more of him than anything. So well, that but that but that's because we were together. We were living together. So I can't post her father if I'm in a relationship with another man. Right. But she was still in contact with her dad. She still very much goes to her dad. My daughter's father is very hands-on. He's in my daughter's life. He provides for her. You know, there's nothing wrong with my daughter's father. But Alex did do majority of the relationship. You know, he did majority of the fathering. Uh, because when, when we met him, she was one years old. So she grew attached to him in a heartbeat. And he grew attached to her. Like, they have a, a great relationship. Um, and that's why I for so long in the relationship is because he's a really good dad. He really is. He's a really good dad. Um, and so that's why I stayed in the relationship. So it wasn't for love or the dick. It was it was the it was for your daughter. Yeah, so majority of the relationship it was for my daughter. Damn. No knock on dude. He sounded like a good dude though, because it ain't nothing wrong with being with somebody for your kid. Because in the long run, you're going to die. You know, uh, she's still here. It's going to be around. She needs somebody. She needs that support. So there's nothing wrong with that. But it's just you putting your feelings and everything else on the back burner for your child. You know, I got to congratulate you on that. Um, so 
let's break this stereotype out there. They a lot of people say black dudes are deadbeat. They don't take care of their kids. They don't do that. So me hearing you say that he's still there, uh, doing what he's supposed to do for his daughter, makes me feel better because I'm the same way. I will not have a child on this earth. I don't care who is it by, and not be there for her. You know what I'm saying? Because we know how that goes when you don't have two two parents or at least two people who's there for you. Mm-hmm. Most kids usually stray out and 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 go go the wrong way. So that's good to know. Yeah. So you you broke up yeah. with dude. You gonna say something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I did. I broke up with him like two years ago. Did y- wait? Y'all got back together, or that was the end of the five years? That was the end of the five years. Okay, because I remember you saying you ran into him again. Yeah. No, I I still keep contact with him. Okay, so now, but, like mean, I said, go ahead. What, what he has a girlfriend. I still keep contact with him because he's, like I said, he's still in my daughter's life. So I still keep contact with him, uh, but we just don't. We don't. We never got back together. If that's what you're asking, no. Um, we did that on and off. The five years, it was on and off. We were together for three. We broke up for a year. Then we got back together. That's the five years. I remember you posting something about. Um, this dude in a relationship or, or being married or something and him contacting you and and uh, I guess you flirting back or doing whatever y'all did and you felt some no, type so, of way about it. Who, who were you talking about then? So in the, the five years that we were together, we broke up off and on, right? Yeah. So when we broke up, I was seeing someone else i was in a relationship with someone else the person that i was in a relationship with was married he was a married man i did not know he was married you didn't know no i did not know i did not know he was married i found out he was married and then i got back with my ex how did you find out he was married he told me, you know, he, uh, he officially told me his, his wife was pregnant. Um, he had lied to me the whole relationship though. He told me he only had one kid. He told me he was 33 when he was 36. Um, and he was in a different state. He was in Oklahoma and I was in uh, Texas, but I would go back and forth to see him. Um, but yeah, no, he had lied to me the whole relationship. So when he finally had told me like, I'm falling for you, but I just want you to know that my wife is pregnant. Um, <laughs> and, and let me tell you, I would have never knew that this man was married because his wife was in a different state. He was down there. He had his own business. Um, he had his, his own business. And this is a black guy. He had his own business, um, and it was picking up. He had a cleaning service business, but he also turned it into a real estate business, so he would go in, um, so let's say like you you have property and people move out of the property, he would go in there with his with his team and he would clean out the house for the next people that were moving in there. So, um, and his business was booming, it was taken off. He was making a lot of money. And so I was always at his house. So I would have never knew that he had a wife because at his house, it was a two bedroom house it was like a single man's house. It was 
liquor bottles everywhere. It just, it did not <laughs> seem like, no, I'm so serious. It did not seem like he was married. Um, I didn't see no bobby pins, no hairbrushes, okay. no anything that would even, and hint, he, hint his to the profile fact that picture, he has a woman over there, right? Nothing, I swear. I There was nothing that said they had a woman over there. But you know what? Also, I would leave things over there, and then when I come back, it would be gone. <laughs> so, he threw them all away. He's like, fuck this. This shit going in the trash. Yes, and I would, I would go crazy. Like, wait a second. Like, didn't I leave something over here? But he'd be like, no. And I would, like, like I swear I cannot find whatever I lost. Right. And I, but yeah, it would be gone. So maybe he was like, you know, really good at it. But he apparently his wife had he gone. Was throwing that shit away. Throwing it away. That's oh my crazy. God. So, so his wife was like, hey, I want to come down to Oklahoma. I've been gone for so long and I'm praying whatever. And so he had to tell me. So he told me um, that his that he was married um, and that he had more than one child. He had six kids. Well, that she was pregnant for his yeah. six. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm telling you, I had him on Facebook. I had him on every social I remember, media. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I and he would crazy. comment on all my stuff. He would literally like, he would be on all my, this man was, Honestly, what how I feel because I confronted her. I was I got in my feelings because um, when she, when I found out she was pregnant, um, I wanted to be with him. I, I'm not gonna lie, I was so dumb. I wanted to be with him, so I had gotten in my feelings and I had made a tape. I videotaped us having sex, and, and I sent it to her. Oh my! I sent it to her. I did. did I sent it to her. But I wasn't coming from like a womanly place. I hate when I'm coming to you as a woman. I wasn't coming to her as a woman. I was coming to her as a, I want him. Like, this is this is who I want. Right, you're And you're love. taking the man. Right, you're taking the man that I want to be with. And instead of her, like, coming for me, she went and told my boyfriend that I was looking for her husband. <laughs> <laughs> How did that, so, how did that go? Like, <laughs> uh, so Alex had confronted me, like, are you with, and I was like, yeah, I was, but I'm no longer with him. Um, but, I mean, at the same time, we were broken up when I was with him. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so he couldn't really say anything about it. But I was still kind of mad that, you know, they were together. But she had wrote me back, and I'll never forget what she said to me. And she was just like, you're telling me that you're sleeping with my husband because, like, do you think that I, as a pregnant woman with five kids, is going to leave my husband of this amount of years because you put your young pussy on him? Like, I'm not, I'm not leaving him. Okay. And I was just like, yeah. And I was just like, okay, well, then I'm going to keep having sex with him. And she was like, yeah, well, that's all you're going to be doing. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm pregnant right now. She was like, I'm pregnant right now. Like, it's like, And that kind of like woke me up. Like, what is wrong with me? Like, it's true. I'm, I'm glad know. it did because that wouldn't have turned out, you know, any good way for you at all. And, it, it, yeah, and I, I did. I broke it off with him. But like, you know, I get messages from him every now and then trying to talk about, 
I'm in Dallas. Like, I miss you, stuff like that. Oh, like, man, still to this day, I still get messages. He needs to, he needs to <laughs> chill out. Six kids, you marry. You, come on, chill out. It's, it's done. I hope you're not. Yeah, but his business is now a million-dollar business. So, And he means. was a felon. He was a he was a felon, and he did something of himself. So I think that's what I really like. That, like that's like good. I talked to um when this when my podcast goes up, you'll see it. I talked to a whole bunch of dudes who are felons who was in jail for five, six, ten years, and um they came out and actually did something with themselves, and they got thousands and millions of dollars. I talked to a whole lot of dudes. You know, um, yeah. I'm going to post that for people to listen to that. You know, it don't matter what you've been through as a kid or your childhood. If you grow up and you change your life, you can make something of yourself. And 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 they are testaments to that. OK, so yeah, like you've been through a lot. You know, you got a kid now. How is that? How is motherhood? Motherhood is great. I recommend it. You recommend um, it? Yeah, no. Yeah. Motherhood is great. Um. Right now, I just want one kid, and I'm glad I only have one. But my daughter is, like, the sweetest, smartest thing I've ever had. Like, I feel like I made the right decision having my child at, like, at the age that I had my child at, you know. I know this whole, everybody always says this, like, oh, your child, my, you know, my child changed my life. She really did. She really changed my life. Like, she really sent me to my full potential. Like, um, you know, I was, I was bad, you know. But, like, to know that, like, I'm also really smart and articulate and I can really, like, get things done. And um, she kind of brought that out of me. She, like, really let me know that I'm really smart and I can do things, you know, by myself and I can take care of myself. I can take care of her. And, um, but, yeah, I no, would kids, kids do change you. That's no lie. They make you, if they don't make you want to do better, they make you want to, um, I guess... Um, get away from that. And for most people, it, yeah. they do take that other route where they want to do better for that child. So that's true. Kids do yeah. make you want to do better. Yeah, and that's what she did. She like made me want to do better. She changed my whole life. She changed my whole mindset. You know, and now I think of things before. I think about the whole picture before I, you know, do something. That's and that's and and that's exactly the reason why I'm I, you know. The reason why I stayed with him for five years and also the reason why I left him was because of my child. So, it, it, you know, your your child, like, changes your whole mindset of things. But, yeah, so I, I was like, you know what? I can't be with someone who does drugs. I have to do it for my child. So I left him because of that. Okay. Well, I see you online. You know, you look like you're doing good. You're raising her the right way and that's just my perspective i'm not there in person but from what i see is you know you're raising her the right way she she's looking good i hope she's not a tomboy like you was uh, there's nothing <laughs> no, wrong with it actually the opposite of me she's that's great. very girly yeah she's really girly she's in dance and stuff like that so i'm a dance mom um hey sound yeah, like no, sound like really you're happy man it's good to hear that that you went through all what you went through and you still find the positive out of that. A lot of people don't, and it's good to hear or see somebody make make good out of themselves, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 you know, I see like everybody growing up and everybody like has their own thing. And it's it just, it, it's amazing how like life changed. Like, you know, 
how I just, I'm so happy that, you know, my whole life has changed and it's not like how it used to be. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you. No, you're welcome. Um, so to end it, you know, what advice would you have for girls your age coming here that young, having to grow up in this society that we're in? And, you know, just just how would they navigate a little different than you did? Not saying you have any regrets because you're happy where you're at now, but just a little mm -hmm. insight to them and a little advice so they can make better decisions. Um, so what I would say to girls um, is one, like, truly understand that, like, there is nothing wrong with being African from Africa. Um, don't let nobody make you feel little, you know, like, don't let them make you feel like at the end of the day, our culture, our, our heritage, it's, it's so good. It's so rich and superb. That's why people go and try to steal things from us. So don't let anybody like make you feel like you're not beautiful because you are African or if you're, you know, dark skin or anything like that. I am a tall, dark skin She's thick girl. Tall. Like, She's really tall. I've seen her. And you yeah. don't used to be that. You don't used to have a figure that you have now, but you got it. And yeah. I ain't gonna lie to you. Mm -hmm. A lot of dudes, especially me, we love, you know, women with a, a figure on them. I don't know why people think that the skinnier you are, the better it is. I do not like that. I don't want you um, no, cutting me if I, I hug you. I ain't trying to get um, <laughs> <laughs> I ain't trying to get stabbed or poke or anything just for me touching, you know what I'm saying? So I, I don't go that it's way. It's nothing wrong with the figure that I have. I'm embracing it. It's just that it's always sexualized very easily. That's like, true. It's, it's, it's sexualized very easily, but like, you know, that's what I would say. I would enjoy, you know, embrace being African, embrace having culture and heritage. And then the secondly, embrace being like unique in yourself. Right. And then third, like I know African parents stress this, but I will not stress this enough. Like finish school. It does not matter if you're bad or good. You know, if you finish that shit, finish school because it really is a good Thing. Like, go to college, preferably a HBCU, don't have a child young, go to college, because even if you don't get a degree out of it, the networking that you get when you go to college and you meet people, and then you can network from there on, like, go to college, finish school. And, um, you know, and for the girls, you know, don't really, I'm not going to say don't worry about men, because everybody has that, that process at our age like you know you want to date but like I would say watch who you date like really get to know them like deep deep don't know rush, their social security it. number and everything I like, don't know about the social to... but don't, don't don't rush it <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about the social but don't don't rush it no, like you said take your time I mean are you when you're in a relationship with someone and you live with someone, you will naturally know their social. Because as a woman, we do everything for the man, you know? We call and make the doctor's appointments and all that stuff because men don't like to go to the doctors. Nah. And, you know, well, <laughs> you say I, nah. I, <laughs> Hey, I appreciate you, man. I love talking to you. I hope we can have <laughs> another segment where we talk about finance and business and, you know, growing your money and things like that because 
I love talking about that. But again, I appreciate you telling your story. I know a lot of people wanted to hear. Give them your name one more time, and then we're going to get out of here. I'm going to let you get to your life. Okay. So my name is Nicole. You can follow me on Instagram at darkskinedyaya. All right. Appreciate you. All right. Bye. Bye.